friends, welcome to another episode of the Revelation Wellness Podcast. I have to tell you, I am so enjoying talking to some people that I know you are going to enjoy too. I know this podcast is probably primarily used for you as you're revving the words and um, when you go to the gym or when you're moving your body and we love that. Yes, please keep doing it and please keep sharing it with your friends and telling them how it's meeting you. It's activating our faith, right? But testimony and story and hearing other people's stories of how God is using people. Well, it's a weird word, right? Using people. Activating his sons and daughters to live out the mission for which they were called. And today you're going to meet my friend, again, everyone, my friend. <laughs> I love this woman, Heather McFadian. Have a hard time with that last name. She is the God Centered Mom. If you follow her on the God Centered Mom podcast, if you don't, that's that's a training assignment for you this week, especially for you moms. I am a mom who's trying to figure out motherhood. Turns turns out I'm 46 and still trying to figure it out with a 13 year old and a 16 year old. And there are some voices and messages that God has put in some some women today. And and Heather is one of them that. You guys will be greatly blessed if you are, you know, stay-at-home mom, working mom. You are a mom. Or how about this? You are a daughter who hopes to be a mom or you know people who are moms. <laughs> You're part of a family. <laughs> you hope to have a family. It is all gospel living. That's what we're doing. So when we interview people on here, it is just seeing how are they living out the gospel? How? What story has, do they come from and how is how are they using it today uh, for God's glory? So you're going to hear from Heather today. We talk a lot about, well, we talk about a little bit of her background. Um, You know, the different stories we have. Some of you did not have great moms. Heather had a great mom, a great dad. You're going to hear kind of the the impetus, the beginning of faith in her life. And then this vision that she has or that God's giving her to, to speak to families, to speak to moms. And she does it so honestly and authentically, you guys. Um, no striving that's one thing she says and I felt like the biggest moment in, in the, today's show I asked her how she stays connected to the Lord because as we say you can't earn it you can't strive for it that's what the fitness world would tell us to do right if you want the perfect body you can have it you just have to do this this and this which we break all those rules and say no I just need I need to be more with my creator my my God who loves me and created me for him and for purpose. And so she talks about how her intimate time of being with him in intimacy and just seeking him in a quiet place is so foundational for her that it comes from jumping in the river. How sometimes we talk about, you know, filling up our pitcher. That's how if we can fill up our pitcher every day. If I have, if I fill myself up, then I have something to pour out. And she talks about this intimacy with God and connecting with him more as jumping into a river and I honestly I think that's gonna you're gonna hear that in revving the word we're all gonna start being river river jumpers (laughs) because that is it's life he is the river of life and wherever he is he's flowing he is working he is cleansing he is renewing and he's on the move and we can jump in the river at any time so I know this podcast is going to bless uh, all the mamas on all the all the places where we're um, asking the Lord for his will to be done. Thanks for leaving a review on these podcasts, you guys. Thank you so much. Oh, and a reminder, our instructor training is coming up. 
if if you only came for your own self-care, if you only came for your own wholeness, listen, God is not looking for more employees. He's not in need of more servants. <laughs> you are already already a good servant, but first and most, you're a son and a daughter, and that's really what we do with our instructor training. You're a person that you like and enjoy fitness, or you see how people could use it, and um, you see how people want it, but potentially use it in ways that lead them to either obsess over their body or neglect their body. You see it and you want something, you want to be a part of something more. Well, that would be why instructor training exists. So it's starting here in August again coming up. Would love to have you in that. I will be with you personally for a five-day intensive time together where we seek the Lord and a mountaintop. And um, to this day, I've had no one ask for their money back. <laughs> in fact, most people say, I would have paid you more. Um, and I, I don't say me. That's just because it's a work of the Lord. It's abundance. And go to the website. Find out more about it, revelationwellness.org. And thanks, you guys, for being here and hanging out with us. I hope this podcast blesses you. Share it. Let somebody else know. Take a mom off the hook today and be refreshed. We'll see you next time, friends. Peace. Heather, <laughs> I am so excited to have you here. So for those of you that are following this podcast, you know, yes, we do fitness. Yes, you do revving the word. Yes, it's a little out of the box. But remember, the whole point of what we do here is not just fitness for fitness sake. We want to train you. Yes, physical training has some value, but it's the godliness that we want to grow in. So when we do these podcasts, I really, my biggest joy is to introduce you to people that are literally they're on mission now that doesn't mean they're like living in a foreign land that in their home they're on mission and one of my greatest loves and actually maybe because I didn't really have it growing up but I feel a, a battle for which I was born was for freedom but freedom for our families that family is God's mm -hmm. idea so I want to introduce you all to and I know some of you know her because honestly you were requested by many people, Heather, to be here oh, today. They were like, you got to interview the God-centered mom. So, And I was on your show <laughs> once upon a time. So now I get to flip the table here. And so, you guys, I am just want you to – if you've never met her, here she is. Heather McFadden Mc, – how do you say your last name? Right? Uh, McFadden. <laughs> McFadden. That's rough. Yeah. I know. I'm sure everyone says it McFadden, right? McFadden. Yeah. So Heather, welcome. Say hello and tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, thank you for having me. Honestly, it's a joy for me because you feed into me so much more than you probably realize. I mean, you're like my own little personal pastor that I keep in my earbuds on the treadmill. <laughs> and when I'm really needing a pick me up, I put in a rev word, rev yeah. the word and episode and I'm just like ready to go. I'm ready to go. And yeah. and honestly, it's such a great resource. I know y'all that listen right now, you share with your friends. I feel like when I meet a young gal, an older gal, any gal that's like wanting to mm -hmm. mix her fitness and her faith mm -hmm. and, and, and struggles with time, you know, yeah. to do both well. And to me, I'm like, it's, it's like the big sandwich. It's the, yeah. <laughs> you get it all at once. So yeah. I'm, I'm promoting you to you, but <laughs> I'm just uh, so thankful that you feed in to my faith journey. And so I'm Heather mm -hmm. and I'm married. I have a uh, husband, Bruce, and I have four boys that are oh. ages five, seven, nine, and 11. Girl. And yeah. 
I know, I know, I know. <laughs> Those were like, so if you weren't pregnant, you were nur- nursing. I was nursing, yeah. And then probably mm-hmm. as soon as you were done nursing, you're getting pregnant again in some cycle. Yeah, it felt like a decade. A decade of my life was to the baby factory Gosh, that I call you, it. Yeah. Okay. Let me. And by the way, she has a podcast, God Said Her Mom. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes. you, that is really your mom life, your mom story. You, what you're doing in families and speaking into moms' lives. I mean, it's just. Um, like I say, I didn't have family growing up. So I guess that's what my question to you. Is this like, were you always like, I'm going to be a mom of many? Mom, motherhood is going to be my jam. Did you have a mom that really exemplified that for you? I would say a couple of things. One, I did grow up in a really solid home. Right on. And I know that my parents would say they grew up in a generation where everyone went to church. So mm-hmm. they were exposed to faith and they went to church, but they each kind of, um, we actually just found their marriage certificate because my mom needed it for things. And they had marked my dad. It did say 21 and they'd marked it off. He was actually 20 and it did say 18 for my mom, but they crossed it off and she was 16. So what? they didn't come. Yeah. So their whole relationship started off, you know, kind of this amazing. I say I'm only here because of a judge in Kentucky that convinced my grandparents to let them get married. Wow. Um, they eloped and, uh, but they did find faith in their adult years and they raised me in a home that uh, they, we actually had two sets of kids. So my mom, that original two, and then 11 years later had me and my younger brother. Wow. And so she got two chances to do the mom thing. Yeah. And so with the wisdom and the years when she, we got to us, she homeschooled us. She did the whole, like she was a hipster before hipster was a thing. Uh-huh. Like the, um, veg- the vegetable co-ops, uh-huh. you know, and oh, like all, all natural peanut butter and, um, special saran wrap even like I just, you know, we lived out, we had a lot of land and, um, we had our own garden and that kind of stuff. Where was this? Um, Where were you born and raised grown up? Indiana. Indiana. Oh, Indiana. we got all the Indiana people are making a lot of noise. We got a lot of Indiana fans. <laughs> Hoosiers, Hoosiers. Uh-huh. So yeah, so I, I kind of, I grew up in a really solid Christian home. My dad, before he'd go to work, would um, at the kitchen table teach us from the Bible. I think I was third grade and I was studying Revelations, um, you know, just really wow. prayed with us. Anytime there was anything, we stopped so, and we prayed, so. you know. Yeah, so th- that's what I knew. And I think it honestly took until even after college, maybe five years into marriage, maybe moving to Dallas where I met women and realized, huh, not everybody had this experience. Yeah, right. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like naive Indiana girl who, you know, Christian <laughs> school and homeschool and then Christian college. I, oh, I just on. I just had no awareness that, so, but that it's so, there were so many. I just want to say to that, though, like there uh, some people I've known some people that go, oh, my story's so boring. I don't really have like the big testimony. Uh, yeah, like, yeah. But I'm like, name of Jesus, please have those stories, Lord, because that must be for my daughter. That must be for my son. Like I would hope that we can have that the promises that God would say, like there's faithfulness to generations. Like he does cover it just yeah. takes one person's. Yes, your parents. Yes, covered you. So yes. we don't have to have like, yes. this big explosion story so yeah I think it was um, my parents moved in with us in November and and every morning my mom was you know she gets up she reads her bible she prays and she was if any boy was nearby she would grab one of my sons and she'd pray over him Mm. and I took a picture of her with my youngest 
and I posted it to encourage moms who don't come from that story uh, that, you know, you don't, you don't come from a story of faith or you didn't grow up with parents that were praying over you that you can start it. Come it on. It starts with you. That's right. It starts with you. You, you start that path, like you Come said, on. and they stand on your shoulders and you yeah. may not get it right. Yeah. I'm sure my mom would, you know, she really worked probably too hard in that hipster life to do everything <laughs> exactly right as a mom and achieve uh, on her own strength. But you know what? God fills in all those gaps. If your heart is right and your goal is to uh, raise up children who know and love God and listen to his voice, he will honor that and he will fill in any gaps of our mistakes and Amen. maybe if we do it wrong. Amen. Yeah. Okay, so what's the what did you learn from your mom? Like, go, okay, because you know we all have an idea of what we think motherhood's going to be. Oh my gosh. Right. <laughs> and then, so what, what was something you're like, your mom planted in you that you thought as a mom you would carry on and did you, you know, what what's something that your mom as a legacy handed to you? Uh, I would say for both of my parents, they studied God, God's word faithfully. I know I remember my dad always had his Bible mm. uh, in the morning, um, in the bathroom. Is that so bad? Hey, <laughs> heck no. Let's be, you're <laughs> you in your closet. <laughs> yeah, I'm in my closet. What I say? And then, uh, you know, I know he, he had a little trampoline and he would jump like little jogger. Oh, and he on. would, that's his time to pray. Oh, he come would on. Pray on the little jogger. He was revving the yes. word. Heaven. He was revving the word before, before it was a thing. Uh, yes. Right. Right. And, uh, and then the other thing I saw them do well was they discipled people. That was really important to them. Um, they're really good friends with Josh McDowell from, uh, crew campus crusade. And so because they had been discipled, they really were passionate about that. So my mom always, you know, maybe I would sent to bed, but I would peek down the stairs and see that she'd have women gathered around her kitchen table. Wow. Uh, she was always walking alongside a couple women who, who um, I didn't know their story was tough, but I, you know, you kind of catch on and they needed a little bit more help yeah. than we they have needed. And um, and then uh, my dad taught a Bible study regularly for business men and women um, so every Tuesday and Thursday. And, you know, then they each had their own, um, what's the word I'm looking for, passions that they were a part of. So because my mom's story, she had a teen pregnancy. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. She was really passionate about life. And mm -hmm. so she did a lot of stuff with the pro-life movement. And mm -hmm. I, uh, my dad was really involved in politics and ran for office a lot. <laughs> ran mm. for office a lot. Did he so ever, just did he get it? Did he ever take office? No, oh, but, no, but I mean, U.S. Senate, state Senate, governor, Congress, all the things. I mean, he was, he, one of the guys who went to his Bible study was Mike Pence. What? So, oh my yeah. Gosh. So when when my dad passed away on that Friday night, Saturday morning, Mike called my mom. Oh, and yeah. Dolan says that was right before his inauguration. I mean, he had a lot going on. Yeah. But yeah, my dad was super involved with politics. My mom was. Wow. I just saw them not just have their faith but in they... their own closet or bathroom, but then they took it and they had a passion. We don't have to be involved in every single thing, like. My thing might not be your thing, right? But pick a thing. There we go. And be for it. Okay. So, yeah. what is your thing? I mean, that's a really good question. I, I was just thinking that the other day. What is my thing? What's the? Uh, this is oh, a question I, mean, I ask all my guests, and maybe this phrase is a little bit different. But what's the battle for which you were born? Like, what's the mm. thing that's worth taking it on the chin once in a while? What's the thing that you know you cut, yeah. you bleed, but you you keep going? Man. You know, I think I'm developing it right now, honestly. Mm -hmm. There was a season with young kids. I remember being so passionate about trafficking and mm -hmm. um, women and mm -hmm. 
what the horrors that were happening. And I was literally had a baby on my hip and I was bouncing up and down. I was talking to this mom who I knew had a ministry in a harder part of town here in Dallas. And I was like, how can I, what can I do? How can I help? And she said, no, 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 honey, you need to do that. You need oh. to take care of that baby right now. Oh. And I was like, no, I want to get in there. I want to fight. I want to go. Put me in. Put me in. I was ready. And she just kind of said, no, you need to, you need to just do that. And I was like, well, Okay. Wow. So I wrote online for three years and uh, then I started this podcast for three years. And I guess really my heart and the battle I'm fighting in that mm-hmm. right now mm-hmm. is for families, yeah. but mainly for moms to um, not be all about their kids, the child-centered approach mm-hmm. that we can fall into and not mm-hmm. being all about themselves, which there is the go. self-centered approach, which we see some some of us fall into. And I do want to, you know, on a daily basis, we swing on all of these, yeah. but to... Be really in tune with God and walk with him. So in this position of motherhood, which is one of our many positions we will hold, it's super important. There's legacy being built, but that it would be grounded and founded on what God's doing, Mm. not on building these trophies that Mm. we want to show off, not on building our own um, self-fulfillment and something that's missing in our own woundedness and brokenness. But to say, God, these are yours. These are your souls. How can I be most whole? How can I be most whole so I can then allow them to move through my hands into yours and do the thing that you put them on on this planet to do? Come on. And so I spent a lot of time in my podcast talking about wholeness lately in the last year and a half. um, I've done a lot of inner healing prayer personally, prayed with other women, also um, in a 12-step recovery program with our small group right now. Just like really... You know, the like you said, the most whole we are, that's going to filter into our kids. We don't want to yeah. hand them extra back on top Come of on. whatever is going to happen. We don't want to be a when when Jesus said, "Don't don't weigh these children down." He might have been talking about theology. He might have been talking about don't weigh them down with our own baggage and mm-hmm. uh, insecurities that that they don't need. Okay, you know? so you mentioned you mentioned yeah. the word wholeness and the fact that you feel like you've just been in that. What does that mean to you? When you're, so for me, yeah, uh, I had to, you know, this is a thing I think that preaches to the gal out there who didn't have a good relationship with her dad, yeah. didn't have a good relationship with her mom, didn't come from a home of solid Christian faith. Yeah. My message is, even though I had those things, there were wounds in my soul and lies I held on to that I had to overcome and bring to Jesus. Yeah. So if you're the gal saying, you know what, if only... I'd had that dad. If only I'd had that mom. If only I'd come from that faith, then I wouldn't be struggling. No, that's Not a true. lie. That's another lie that's right. on top of it. That's another barrier that's, that's right. keeping you from healing, which comes only from God's spirit in you. Yeah. So for me, it was surrendering to God, allowing Jesus to actually come in. Because <laughs> sometimes we're just, to me, it was like a blanket. Okay. You know, Jesus is right there all the time. Yeah. He's all the time ready waiting to show us his abundant love and acceptance and we've got this blanket and whether that blanket is true woundedness from someone or lies we've believed and allowed in based on something our a parent or somebody didn't even mean to do accidental yeah. brokenness yeah yeah um, yeah we, we hold on to it and and don't really allow Jesus access into that broken place amen so for me it was like opening up and saying okay show me where i have believed this lie where yeah. it did come in yeah it's repaint the picture i mean literally through the holy spirit and prayer repainting that memory of whatever it was yeah and being face to face with jesus and hearing the truth 
that he's been longing to tell me that I've been blocking out with this lie I have on repeat, this shame tape that I play over and over again. Girl, okay, this is how you guys know. I'm crying. Like, my eyes are crying. This is how you know that God is doing something because it's happening in other places. Like, what you're saying over in this, you know, God-centered mom podcast world, like, really going into that. This is God wanting to do a healing work in all of us. And you're absolutely right that we all have lies. We believe if you come from the, you know what? I even am finding my, my sweet daughter, you know, we're, we're creating a, a lovely environment as lovely as possible for our children. But even in that, there's a lie that she has to perform or there's a, there's a level because, because there's this, this whatever, you know, like this goodness that we're creating in our home as if we, she has to work for that. Like, so now she has to yeah. find something. So we're already going after lies of performance and striving. And yeah. I mean, no matter what yeah. you do, we live in a world that the vulnerabilities of our hearts that, that are there for God's purposes, because God leaves those places in us that we would then need him and go to him and grow in him and have his spirit and a relationship mm-hmm. and, you know, yeah. a lifestyle of repentance, a lifestyle of exchanging a truth for a lie, um, constantly yeah. needing to do that. So, yeah. yeah what, you, there's, I mean, we always say there's no perfect mom, but we try to achieve it. Mm-hmm. I try to achieve it. Mm-hmm. I beat myself up. Oh, if I had only said this better, if only done this better. If I hadn't gotten upset that one time, Mm -hmm. then my boys wouldn't have the issues they have. No, I mean, like you said, if if, if it was perfect, they'd maybe never recognize a need they have for Jesus. That's right. They would never have any reason to go to him. They would think I'm Jesus. (laughs) Right, right, right. It's like you said, that to get rid of that even lie that we could do this motherhood thing perfectly or we could do the wife thing perfectly or <laughs> whatever roles we're in. Yeah. Uh, that, that, that even that, like the lie your daughter's struggling with, that we hold ourselves to that same lie. Yeah. I remember when I was first, um, you know, I, I've been a Christian for my, I, I mean, I would say since the age of 13. So I'm going to be 46 next week, Heather, or probably by the time this airs. Oh, that's a good life. That's a good life. Oh, my goodness. So uh, for 30 or what? Gosh, I am not a really good mathematician. So if I was 13, is that 33 years? Yes, 33 years. Yeah. (laughs) That um, Jesus, 33 years. Jesus. 33 years, Jesus. Yeah, that I would somehow arrive that I would be not I'd be mm. a better mom that I would be I just mm. I'm learning so much more about the the beauty in the intimacy and the desperate need for Jesus I am a girl mm. who knows how to get things done like I can do it I'm right. high capacity girl like you want it done I'll get it done but I am the girl that burns out fast like I'm the girl who's like like Elijah going I'm the only one where is everybody <laughs> like you betrayed right me. after Right after, after the miracle, he says that. Yeah, right, yeah, right yeah, 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 yeah. Right after the Super Bowl of slaying, doing all this godly work. I'm the only one. So I... <laughs> they just might as well die right here in this cave. Totally. Now. No yeah. joke. Yeah. I have actually had people tell me that scripture, First Kings 19, like when I'm kind of crying or something, like, I don't know, First Kings 19 is coming for me for you. I'm like, oh, stop it already. <laughs> okay, Lord. What? Okay, so what's your what's your advice for the woman who is wanting to grow like in this very okay, I don't want my I don't want to be all about my children. I don't want to um, also become so about me. What what what's your saving grace? What's the thing that keeps you centered, God centered mom? <laughs> I am not the God centered mom. 
I'm just saying okay, that true. is my biggest pet peeve with that name. Um, I I would say for me that a lot of that child-centered and self-centered is rooted in pride. And it's a, that's a thing we don't like to talk about. Mm, and Talk about it. For me, I, <laughs> for me, I define it when it's all about me yeah. and uh, my plans and my kingdom and me looking good. And, and so then we think, okay, well, then I need to be humble. Well, what is humble? It's not like, you know, woe is me. Let's whip myself. I'm just, I'm lowly nothing. Well, that's not what God intended. His goal was for you to think about him Mm. and his glory and his goodness and his plan and surrender to his will. Mm -hmm. And so even in my wholeness, if my wholeness is not about me looking good and looking whole, my wholeness is about him being able to shine through me better. Mm-hmm. And even in those broken places, it's not, it's the humility is going to him. So if it was a practical thing, I could tell that woman, it would be making a time where it's you and God. Yeah. And you'd say, Oh, I don't have time. I have like young kids. It's ridiculous. You're yeah. a crazy lady. Believe me. I had four young kids. Four I boys. get, yeah. I can tell you, I get it. Mm-hmm. I get that there is no time for you. But if I didn't put it in first, if I didn't make it a priority, because you have some time, you're you're on Facebook or you're listening to this podcast, oh, you had some time. Yeah. And it gets getting in each other's business when I say that. I'm That's getting right. kind of bossy Do and kind it. of rude. Do it. They're but, used to me. They're, you're good. You're in a good okay. place. <laughs> Tell them what but to do. But if, if we're going to be, I mean, the only thing that will bring us to a new place is God's work in us. I was just going to post today for my Centering Truth Tuesday was the spirit is life and the flesh is no help at all. Mm. The spirit is life. I cannot work my way to being a God-centered mom. I'm not going to work my way into it. Mm-mm. I have to, though, provide a space and a time for the spirit to give me life, for the spirit to mm-hmm. revitalize. That's what the Greek is there. Mm-hmm. It's a zoa something. I got to look it up. Mm-hmm. And then, But it's it's energy. It's revitalization and as weary moms, as worn out moms who are pouring out constantly, we can't re- revitalize if we don't make that time. So right. whether so, it's listening to a rev word or whether it's, for me, uh, my great friend, Kat Lee, she yes, has Hello Morning. Yes, I was going to say, you're talking Hello Morning I, language here. Yes, that's that's where all this started. I wouldn't have God Center Mom if it wasn't for Kat Lee and okay. Hello Mornings. I got I, I, I got to talk to really Kat Lee person. next. I'm like on an investigation. Okay, I got to talk to Kat Lee <laughs> next. <laughs> oh, please talk to Kat Lee. Her story is amazing. And honestly, I mean, it was a really bad place for me with three young kids, even with growing up in a house of faith, seeing my parents study the word. I was not having time with God. And it was her Maximize Your Mornings ebook and then her accountability program. She was my accountability captain. Wow. And even when I got the flu and I almost gave up and said, you know what? See, I can't um, I can't set habits. I'm mm. not that person. Mm. I'm not a habit person. Mm. She came in and she checked in me and it, it just kept me going. And now, and I've been doing it ever since. That was, what was that? Like seven years ago. I'm, every morning. So. Every morning. And do you I allow, mean, of course, like, there's like the vacations and there's the yeah. like random, right. I just sleep in. It's like I miss out. Yeah. It's not a to do like I got to check this off to be a good Christian. It's like a I've got to do this to breathe. I've got to do this, you know, like we eat food. Okay, and I need you know? to say something. I feel like the Holy Spirit's saying this because there are a lot of people, a lot of moms. I know it. The alarm goes up. You have all the intentions of getting up and spending yeah. some time, yeah. and you go, and it's just you're too tired. Like you cannot do it. Yep. I, the question yep. goes back to what are you doing the night before? Like. 
Are you staying up scrolling on Facebook? Are you staying up on Netflix? Are you staying up? Like, I feel like it's the early to bed, early to rise. Like once the kids are down, I literally about the point I go to bed now before my children because they're of older ages where I'm like, mama's out. Like I had to go so that I can. I mean, it's never like, hear me. I don't like birds don't go off as soon as my alarm clock does. I'm not like, yes, me and Jesus time. But it's, I, I have had enough sleep, like seven, eight hours, six, whatever. People, you do need to know some people need more sleep than others, but that's it. Like you've got to do whatever you got to do. And it starts in the day before. It starts before that moment you're trying to fight that battle to get up. So, and the other thing, when you get up, like, is it some, do you have a set time? Like it's five minutes or it's an hour. Like, do you allow it to flex Mm -hmm. or what is it for you? Yeah, I allow it to flex. I also, you know, I had to start creating a new habit of not sleeping with my phone next to my bed. Yes, girl. Um, I had a, I use like an old phone to be my alarm clock mm-hmm. and for my Pandora and for my Strong's Concordance mm-hmm. app, which because I'm a nerd, mm-hmm. I'm a total nerd. And, um, and then I couldn't check my phone until after I was totally ready for the day. That's so good. Like once the kids were – but that, I mean, even going on my trip to Israel, that kind of got messed up a little bit, that habit. But that was really good habit because then my time I had – I was maximized. So if I had 30 minutes, it was a good solid 30 minutes of worship and prayer and reading and just drinking my coffee with no one asking for anything. Yeah. Um, because I wasn't scrolling or checking email, you know, just yeah, the habit of it's a habit. The in my hand. Yeah. If the phone's in my hand, my thumb is doing things that I don't even know what it's doing. So, um, yeah, so that there's not, it's not, it's a flex time. And I have started adding in where those mornings I might wake up and go to the gym and listen to your podcast. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think I can, I think we can get legalistic. And I think that always with legalism, it's the motivator. So is your motivator to earn God's love or is your motivator to receive God's love? Amen. And I think for me, it's become, it's a receiving. Yeah. It's a pouring into you, yes. it's a jumping in the river. I don't think it's like a pitcher. Like people say, oh, I need to fill up so I can pour out. Okay. I don't think that's what this is. This is a jumping in the river and remembering where my source is and inviting people into the river. That's good. Because otherwise you do, you empty out. That's still your effort. That's That's still your effort. But if you're reminding yourself of the source, the source isn't a – God doesn't run out. He's not running out of love or patience or kindness or goodness or gentleness. It's forgetting that the Holy Spirit is the driver of my day. And so I have to go into the river and uh, hang out there in the morning so that then I'm – That's so Because I'll forget in an hour. When you have little kids and you have the pitcher analogy in your head and you're just filling up to pour out, it's gone in an hour, half an hour. (laughs) It's gone, yeah. It, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's way gone. It is way gone. So, yeah. Wow, that is a great analogy. I have, honestly, I will be thanking you for that in the future because that is more the river of life. It is flowing. And it, wherever mm-hmm. I find I'm most whole when I'm in his presence. And I can do that in a bathroom moment. <laughs> like, I can find right. him anywhere. He's not hiding from me, but I'm busy from him. Mm-hmm. So it's just... He's mm-hmm. flowing all the time. If I get in the river, I'm refreshed in two minutes, 20 minutes, whatever, how much time. I mean, I find it hard once I'm in to get out. Like I, I once right. I'm, right, right, you're like, oh my gosh, okay, it's almost over. Quiet time's almost over. The kids are up or whatever. But once you're yeah. in, that river is flowing. And I love that picture too because a, a pitcher of water, like I have a water bottle right next to me. If it sits with that water in it for like a couple of days, it's gross. Like 
it's not mm-hmm. it, 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 it's stagnant stagnant, stagnant. Yeah. yeah where that's not who the lord is he we're not meant to even hold anything stagnant in us it's supposed to flow oh that's such a great note okay um i know we're running close on time but i want to ask you what do you think is one of the greatest threats or enemies or i i don't i don't know why i'm not coming up with the word but against the family right now what's our greatest yeah assault how about that um, you know, well, one, I mean, of course, we'd say technology, right? We, mm. It's robbing us of relationship and mm. connection. And I, I find that I don't listen as well to my kids as I did before I had a phone. Gosh, um, truth, truth. I, I think when you have little kids, it's really hard to keep that marriage relationship strong. Um, and that that's the thing that keeps going even after the kids grow up. Um, one little tip that my husband and I, now that our youngest is five and our oldest is 11, is this summer we started it. We would leave the kids in the house, lock the door, leave one phone, take one phone, and we would walk around the block. Yes. And just talk with yes. our coffee. Yes. And, uh, you know, that was when my husband was working from home a lot that summer. And then now into the school year, which it's harder to do that morning walk in the school year, is we do it on Saturdays. And it's like our standing date, Saturday mornings. And um, since my mom has been living with us, we can even to make it longer, like an hour walk. Yeah. <laughs> and the boys are like, where have you been? Where have you been? But there's something with guys. I don't think women get it. Uh, mm-hmm. A date night when you're sitting across from mm-hmm. each other, they don't really share as much. There's a lot of pressure to make it be really important. This is date night, right? We're paying a babysitter. This is important. Yeah, right. But just like coffee, walking, yeah. side shoulder to shoulder, yep. they open up more. Yes. And we got to a level in our relationship where I, you know, my husband's four years older than me. And it's never been like as equal, you know, I don't feel like we've seen as eye to eye. I've always looked up to him and his wisdom. It was the first time where we were eye to eye and he was actually seeking out my wisdom a lot more, you know, it was, and we were having more spiritual conversations than we'd ever had. And I just felt like we opened up more in that time than we ever had. So that was our, that was, that's my advice. That's a great, Um, if you can't leave kids, if you can't, our other thing that kept us in the little years grounded together was in the morning before we went to work, we would just stop. And even if it's two minutes, we just hug and we pray. We still do this. Mm-hmm. Um, he prays for me. I pray for him. And I get to hear if he prays for himself a little bit in his prayer. I get to hear what's happening in his day, what's mm-hmm. heavy on his heart. Mm-hmm. He gets to hear what's heavy on my heart. And at the end of the day, when the kids are asleep, we'd say, meet me on the couch. No mm-hmm. TV, just the couch. Mm-hmm. And we would just hang even if it's for five minutes it would mm. maybe end up being an hour but just a check-in time where we don't just go to a device right away or yes. go to like just endless tv watching mindless tv watching is awesome we almost had we had as a goal one year to watch more tv because we weren't watching enough Shit, just fun <laughs> yeah like, we were working too hard we were working yeah. too hard so we yeah. needed to just have fun that's right but intentional time connecting um in your days not like a one time a week or one time a month date night but like in the cycle of your day, I think is really helpful. Okay, a mom question, and especially you as a mom of young, younger. Well, you had a good spectrum there, right? From seven to eleven, or from five to eleven? Did I miss that up? I, mm-hmm. Okay, five to eleven. How do you deal with technology with your kids? Do you have like a set? There's something implemented to yeah. device wise. You know, um, my husband grew up with no TV, mm-hmm. so. <laughs> <laughs> that was interesting because his habit isn't to go straight to a TV when he has free time. He'll go to a book, mm. which I think is interesting. Yeah. Uh, but then the first thing we bought when we had our house was a big TV. So <laughs> he 
wanted a TV for sports and things like that. Sure. Um, so I wanted to show my kids like a healthy balance yeah. of how do we interact with technology. Yeah. So we do have like a specific time on the weekends, like an hour um, each day. Uh, they don't get any t- screen time like beyond maybe a show during the week. Maybe wow. like we'll watch a family show together. Yeah. But um, we also started a year ago these goals and roles the boys wanted a dog and we didn't want to just give them a dog mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't need more stress in my life and we, we still haven't gotten the dog because my mom you know with everything going on in our house yeah we just didn't need to add chaos but to show responsibility we added goals and roles so each kid wrote out goals for the year and then roles and responsibilities they would have in our house cool. so not just like a job a chore but like this is your role in our house you are the you know, guy who takes care of the cat. You are the guy that takes yeah. care of the living room. You are the guy that takes care of that good. part of the house. And then um, in order, before the screens can come on, they have to make sure they've done their goals and roles time, that whether is- it's practicing piano or folding their laundry or whatever it is. So your kids right now have no phones or iPads. Is that correct? Unless it's like an old one that they use during that screen time, it doesn't have phone access. It just has like so apps. Good. Man, I really feel yeah. like I have to, and I'm in all transparency, my kids had, I, I just look back, go, oh, I gave them a phone way too soon. I, mm. I, I, I'm, I will confess, I'm a girl, I think I've met, said it many times, this ministry was uh, started in my brokenness that I was going to go to work for the Lord. I was going to build something. Mm-hmm. And, and um, right, right. so, you know, you buy time and, oh, it's, a, it's just a TV show. It's just this. And ladies moms no shame no condemnation but i'm here to say please stop like hug that baby on your hip like that is your role like i when you said that at the very beginning mm-hmm. i'm like god i wish i wish someone could have said that to me then but no regrets like the lord mm-hmm. knows what he's doing but i am yeah. not here to say yeah. that did not serve me well it did not serve our family well and there's been a great undoing of how do we really engage with technology and they're 13 and 16 now so it's like a it's we're yeah, yeah we're you're in that yeah that's it, I can't also, imagine but we also have they have like vocabulary to have good discussion around it so we're trying to mm-hmm. you know it's never too late mm-hmm. God's grace abounds like once you know something right. and it's exposed as a sickness in your home or a disease or a darkness it's on the lights on and game on the Lord is going to fill in like you said He will fill in yeah. what I what I wasn't yeah. aware of so that whole uh, I feel like you know just like um, drinking. Uh, alcohol or all that say all the studies show the longer you can wait for kids to be exposed to it the better so it's not like kids that will never drink but it's like just wait till their frontal lobes are closed like wait (laughs) till they can um use this with and with you know with respect and honor and and within good judgment but same with phones but i know a lot of you moms you just feel it like the kids um the schools that they're in their friends have phones they feel the pressure to have otherwise how do they have friends I just feel like, Lord, yeah. we need your mercy on the earth with your people because we're trying to be in it and not of it. But it does feel like, I mean, I know it seems kind of kitschy topic with our families, but technology is stealing our connection, our relationship. Yeah. I mean, flesh and blood, people have now social anxiety to just sit in a room yeah. with other people and be eye to eye. Like, that's a yeah. that's a crazy... It's a real thing. And, and I don't know if there'll be a... F- uh, pushback, kind of like you know, with cigarettes, we're in the fifties, and then it was kind of like, oh, that's yeah, disgusting. Yeah, we yeah. don't. If it'll be like our kids, would be like, oh, I remember when my mom completely ignored me, or I remember, <laughs> you know, everybody was on their phones. Totally. Kind of like those commercials where it shows people what they're doing 
and they took the phone out of the picture. Anyway, yeah, I don't yeah. know if there'll be a pushback. Um, I know that like mm. there's a paradox podcast, two guys, a dad um, and a son that are both um, psychologists. They have a dumb phone movement Ooh. trying to get parents to say, you know, if we're going to say yes to a phone, why does it have to be a smartphone? Can we Ooh. just have a dumb phone and you can connect with me there? Right. Make a phone uh, call. <laughs> I'm, I'm considering getting a dumb phone for next year. I, I don't know. Like, wow. why? Why would I need it? Anyway, That's I think good. it is hard. There's another book, um, Tech Wise Family, that I Andy just Crouch just saw wrote. That. It just, it's not out yeah. yet. I went right on yesterday. Oh, is it not out? It's okay. not out. I saw um, Alex Kirkendall point, like put it on her. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, he. Uh, I was gonna have him on the podcast, and he said, "Oh, I'm about to have this book out," and so he sent me a copy of that. And <gasps> he, he, his is even more extreme. He's saying like, no TV, even nothing, no video games, nothing until ten. Oh my gosh! And we already messed that up. I mean, <laughs> oh we way God. messed that up. So oh my it's gosh. tricky because he has. <laughs> I don't want people to throw his book out with a bat. You know, like. No, right. That is like that's None so of extreme us that then you don't listen to any of it. Right. But he has a lot of good advice on how to be wise with the technology, and because yeah. we're not going to change ne- change necessarily. I wish parents could get together and be like to get rid of the peer pressure of I have to have it because your kid has it. Like we, if we're all saying that, that's stupid. We're the dumb ones. We're yeah. like the system. Yeah. Um, if we had a group that we could just say we're not like we're out. My kids don't really have friends, so they have each other. Um, but they have, which is great. There's four of them. That's their friend. I don't really, we don't really live in a neighborhood where they go to school. So mm-hmm. anyway, yeah, yeah. They, their playdates are their brothers. And so they're social wow. outcasts. It's fine with me. I'm fine with them being so. <laughs> I mean, how many friends do you know from when you were 10 that you still hang out with? Really? But how, you still talk to your brothers Truth. and your sisters and your parents. Truth. Like, why are we making that? Why is the there such social pressure? Yeah, the social we pressure. Have, our kids have so much friends. Why do they have to have so many friends? They need to have family That's and then so friends true. will come and go. So good. Yeah. All Not right. Not going to be their best friend, but it might be their forever friend. That's all I'm saying. Heather. That's you are you. Yeah. I know you are not the God-centered mom, but you're pretty <laughs> no, God-centered, far girl. From it. <laughs> you're pretty oh, God-centered. Man, far from it. Far oh. from it. I mess up daily. Just so you know, I yell. I struggle with anger. I struggle with control issues. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. see, I'm, you should, if I could just show you all a picture of my closet, I'm not clean. I'm total mess. <laughs> I do not distinct think strategically. I'm very reactive. So Do not hold me to what you're saying all. is we're all in good company here. We're all oh man working here. <laughs> sure. uh, sure. All right. Well, you guys, you can connect with um with Heather further. You have a your website is what is the website? It's a GodCenteredMom.com. Well, that's mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. cool. When did you? How long ago did you start like GodCentered Mom? Uh, what year it was, was about it? Six years ago. Six okay. years ago. So wow. what is that? Two thousand eleven. 2011. Okay, wait. Mm-hmm. I want to ask you really quick, really fast. You only get one word answer. You got to go fast. Ready? Okay. Yeah. Dan- dancer or runner? Dancer. Woo! Favorite food? Oh my goodness, Lacroix. That's not a food. <laughs> <laughs> that was what came in my head. Lacroix. I'm a. Da- I'm an addict to La- okay. Lacroix. Be- what? Else? Come on. Food. Favorite food. Food. Okay. Chocolate. I okay. Okay. Favorite shoes? Uh, my new Allbirds. Allbirds. What are those? They're like the most comfortable shoe ever. I wore them all over Israel. They're oh. they're made of wool and they're 
I mean, ridiculously comfortable. Yes, I'm gonna have All you birds. back. I'm gonna have you back on to talk about Israel because that's yeah, right. Ugh, we didn't even night. get there. Okay, last one. Favorite movie? Uh, Pirates of Penzance. Oh, you're so <laughs> cultured. <laughs> I used to ask for it for Christmas that they'd rent it on beta for me. Beta. Oh, my gosh. Now we're showing our age. All right. Heather. (laughs) Heather, would you pray for um, our listeners as we're heading out? Oh, I would be honored. I would be honored. Dear Lord, we come before you humbled to know you and to be a part of your family. Thank you for sending your son to rescue us. I pray for each of the women listening that she would come to a place where she'd surrender her soul to you, that her thoughts and her emotions and her will would be all uh, just open to your Holy Spirit to move and to heal, to bring complete wholeness so that you can shine through her to a broken world that needs you desperately. I pray that you would move and that you would just fill this ministry with you, God, Mm -hmm. that it would be from you and for you. May we all just jump in that river, splashing around, yeah. inviting everyone to be with us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So good. <laughs> Thank you.